podcast one production. Created for expectant parents, new mums, new grandparents, or women thinking about becoming pregnant. This series guides you through the highs and lows of pregnancy, giving birth, and the complexities of parenting. Welcome to Birth, Baby, and Beyond with midwife Kath Curtin. Midwife Kath, uh, we're talking about the changes that happen in pregnancy and how um, it affects your muscles, your bones, your bits and pieces. It must be mm. huge, big changes. Big change. Well, we know the standard. A, a huge change. And I think, you know, a lot of women are surprised how much their body maybe aches and uh, even in from early pregnancy, you get some aches and pains uh, because your body, you know, you've got your pregnant body and you've got your non-pregnant body. So your pregnant body is a different, different things are happening. So the, there's a lot of um, your muscles are uh, sort of have a hormone that relaxes them. And so they, you've also got a uterus growing from the pelvis up into the abdomen. And so you've got lots of muscles that stretch. But Today I've got someone who can put it into better words than I can and I've got um, Ben Gold who's a physiotherapist and Ben is the director of Physio to Mums which is a mobile um, physio uh, service that actually Ben goes into the homes of mums and does some um, some work which is really great so he can do work in home rather than women going to see him. Is this something that is is common that when you fall pregnant that you probably would likely need to see a physio? Well, it it, it is long term, and I'll I'll refer to Ben. Hi, Ben. Thanks for coming in. No worries. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here. Kat. Um, and most of us have seen a physio at some stage during mm. our life, but um, uh, pregnancy is something that it's important to get some things right, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, f- firstly, I do go into mum's homes, mm. but I do have some women's health physios That's who right. go and do all the intimate stuff, yes. the pelvic health examinations or anything to do with the breast, I don't do. Yep. But I do visit them in their home yep. and um, help them with musculoskeletal issues. Yep. Um, so yeah, a lot of women do seek the services of a physio or an osteo or a chiro or, or someone um, if they're being proactive about their health, um, even if they have a completely um, pain-free pregnancy. Um, or if they are pretty fit going into the pregnancy, a lot of women proactively will seek out the services of a physio to try Mm. and uh, remain strong throughout the pregnancy because, as as you know, there are enormous changes Mm. that go on in the the woman's body. So why do women get such a sore pelvis during pregnancy? What, what's, the, what's the mechanics behind that? Yeah, so it's, it's probably a bit multifactorial. Um, number one is you've got a hormone, as you mentioned before, um, pumping through your, your blood called relaxin that makes things all nice and loose and bendy so that you can actually uh, allow the ligaments to stretch so that a baby can come, come out of mum. Yeah, exactly. that's right. Yeah. Um, that's number one. You've also got um, postural changes. Obviously, as the baby gets... Uh, larger, you see the mum's belly comes forward and that changes the, the, the posture of, mm. of mums as, mm. they, as they go on into the later stage of the pregnancy. So they, they actually develop more of a, a tilt mm. going forwards, or we call it an anterior pelvic tilt um, of the body, and that can cause uh, aches and pains mm. at the, the front of the, the belly, at the mm. front of the, the groin, and also in the back. Um, but also, uh, as the baby grows, you're getting things pushed Mm. in all different directions, down and out. Mm. 
And um, generally, the pelvis is quite a stable structure, but with the effect of the hormone, the relaxant, and the weight and size of the baby, you can get um, a lot of shifting of things around the pelvis. Mm. So around the front of the pelvis, you've got a joint called the pubic symphysis, where the two wings of the pelvis meet. You can also get pain at the back. Very common to have sacroiliac joint pain, which is where the the, the sacrum and the and the wings, the ilium, ilia meet. Mm. You can oh, also come on, get. I have no idea where, where that is. It's your right lower back. Yeah, yeah, it's right. It's, well, the pubic pubic symphysis is at the front. Yeah, sacroiliac joint is just ab- at the top part of the bum. And, and really, women get just horrible pain. Oh, yeah, my, my wife had to have two injections. She couldn't walk. She was walking with a cane. You know, often often women wow. are, women are on oh, crutches. Yeah. Some are in um, wheelchairs. So, some are in. Uh, well, a lot of women have the supports. Uh, yeah. They're called sacroiliac joint belts. It's like a kind of like a girdle. Yeah, it is around the hips. It's not attractive, but God, it works. Yeah. Well, just to help you, just keep everything to, to, to stabilize yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like a, a pressure bandage around your wrist or your ankle or something like that. So it actually goes around your lower pelvis and it unfortunately goes outside your clothes, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so that's why it's not a good look. I don't suppose it care, like you care you so don't much. Care. Well, you don't, <laughs> you don't care no. because it really does hurt. And um, do, you, do you think there's, it's more f- more common now? Um, I think... I think a lot of we've discussed this before. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of mums' issues are more common now because we've got more information and mums talk about them more. They blog about them. They. Yep. Um, I can't imagine that uh, these things weren't experienced fifty years ago. Well, well, my, you know, I have theories on everything. My theory on physiotherapy, well, sore pelvis number one is, I don't think women had such bad pelvis pain. Okay. Years ago, because I don't think they were as active. More you know, bed rest, more... Well, I think as soon as you were pregnant, it's like, okay, you're pregnant, you know, you've got cotton wool around you, we don't do anything where there's there's Pilates, there's yoga, there's, there's walking, there's everything that we, happens, which is really good. There's women running marathons at I know. 38 weeks. you're kidding me? Um <laughs> Is. Um, but you think all that extra activity is, is yeah, agitating. I, I, what do you think, Ben? Is it viable? It's, it's my theory. Totally viable, yeah. yeah. And, and Kath would know more than me. Mm. Um, but, yeah, that c- makes complete sense. We just didn't see it as, as much um, 40 years ago. We just didn't. Whereas... Um, now it's it's very very common. So how how soon do you expect to start experiencing? I mean, we know the body starts changing, but that type of pain is it? Can it be in the first you know a couple of weeks? Can what's the time frame? Um, look, it's it it varies mm-hmm. you know, because some women don't get it at all, um, but it could be as early as a month. You know, because you start with the hormones pretty quickly, mm. um, and some women will will only get it in the later stages of pregnancy as they, you know, I've, I'm treating a woman at the moment who actually she just had a baby um, yesterday. Congratulations. Well done. Uh, um, <laughs> but she, uh, she only started experiencing pain at about 36 weeks. Mm. So it's, it's really individual. And, and you know that waddle that you think, come on, stop waddling like that until you're pregnant. <laughs> it's like that's why you waddle. Like you've got your sore and you tend to move from side in a to different side. Way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. From, from the shoulders. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it, it, it is a real thing. So if anyone has pelvic pain, certainly see a physio or an osteo um, uh, who has actually experience with pregnant women. You don't just go to a generalised um, physio. You have to have someone who who knows how to work with pregnant women because it's a pregnant body. You just don't have the same 
therapy as you do for a non-pregnant body, got don't to, you, Bren? Got to ask about that too. Like, you know how if you go to get a massage or something to that effect and they say, if you're pregnant, you know, be wary about getting massages at certain times. Is it the same with physiotherapy or...? or? Um, I, I think less so. I think a lot of massage places would probably have that there as a disclaimer. You know, you you go to a lot of the massage Maybe they're, places. they're not, not trained. Exactly, exactly. And then in physio, um, you know, we know potentially certain positions pregnant mums shouldn't be on, uh, shouldn't lie in when you're treating them, but uh, less so. You can, you can have physio from woe to go when you're pregnant. You just need to know, you know, you're not going to be pregnant. pushing on their belly. From, yeah, yeah. You're not going to be massaging be the belly. And, and, you you know. and, and, and it's not like that deep, deep treatment that, that you would have if you are not pregnant and you've got a sore back. So they're different. The other thing is that you can take Panadol if you've got pelvic pain that does help and sometimes that's that's just what um, you can't take aspirin or um, Voltaren or anything like that. The other thing that you know um, that is a normal process that that happens in the body um, during pregnancy is the splitting of the abdominal muscles. Now um, it freaks women out, you know, because sounds horrific. <laughs> She's my, she's my, um... <laughs> I'd sound, I mean, your abdominal muscles are going to split. I mean, don't worry about it. But the it. thing is, if you think about the pelvis is right down, right down behind your pubic bone before you're pregnant. And when it's, when you're, um, as the pregnancy increases, uh... Things have to happen. Things, as Ben says, things have to shift. So the, the the organs move, but also the abdomen splits to accommodate that um, uterus in the uh, in the abdomen. Yeah, so so that that split we we the the term for it is diastasis recti rec, recti or recti depending that, on where you're from. Yeah. Recti being your abdominus. <laughs> Uh, your, your abdominal muscles, yeah. um, and diastasis meaning a, a, a moving apart or a splitting apart. Um, it's, it's actually surprising. About two-thirds of women actually experience this during pregnancy. Um, and for a lot of women, it's not a huge problem because the split isn't large enough, but these splits are usually graded. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, split is probably... It, it, it is a split, but it's not the most accurate no, term because it's, you, it's separation. It's, it's yeah, separation. It is, yeah. it's, it's separation of the connective tissue of where um, the, the muscles meet. It's mm. met by connective tissue, and you're getting separation of mm. that because obviously, as the belly gets bigger, something needs to give, mm. and um, and so what happens is as the baby goes out and 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 the mum grows in size the muscles expand and so um for some women it might not be a problem but for others it, it can be a problem um for most mums i think it's a cosmetic issue yeah for the b- bikinis and all of that yeah um that's but- my issue yeah <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> But others can have real pain. Why are you laughing? No, no. So, in terms, but you say cosmetic. What are we expecting? You know, if you're saying like, you're wearing a bikini. What are you? What's the physical? Well, um, you know, picture tells a thousand words. It's hard for me to describe, but it it just looks like where you have. So, if you know what a six pack looks like. Oh yeah, Kath and I both got one. Of course, seven pack. Ben, eight pack. Of course, twelve pack. Um, But you you actually get. Uh, if you're doing a sit-up or if you're contracting your six-pack muscles, you would actually get a visible uh, 
separate. movement and separation of those muscles. Right. So say if you're on on um, laying on the flat on the bed and you put your hand on your tummy and you lift your head up, you can actually feel that there is a separation of the muscles. Again, my theory, but I think, on, and, it, and it does happen and it's a normal thing to happen, but I think we freak women out too much about it. Don't you reckon, Ben? Yeah, I, I think I so. I think it's like, Calm down, girls. It's okay. The bikinis are going to come out again. Yeah. 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 I think it's the same. There's a lot of information out there. Mums probably read too much and freak out too much. And Instagram. Goddamn Instagram. I love Instagram. But it just, you know, they think that they put shorts on straight away that that their muscles are going to go back into shape. I mean, it takes a while for that to happen, doesn't it? Most women do not get back into their regular shape at three months. That's not normal. No. Um, uh, no. For most, it takes a long time. Yeah, and yeah. that's totally normal. And and yeah. and it's and it certainly doesn't take a week. Um, and it and it you know like mm. the 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 uterus has to what we call involute, so it has to go back into the pre-pregnant state where in preparation for another pregnancy. Mm. <laughs> and how long does that take? No like once, you've, once you've given birth, how long does that? Well, it can take six to eight weeks for that to happen. Right. So for that to happen. Um, you're not going to have the muscles, you know, get back to normal. And plus, I, I, Ben, you, you, you tell me, but it's you know just walking and swimming and just normal life and the and 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 breastfeeding and the hormones through breastfeeding all help. Yep, absolutely. Yep. What Absolutely. is the best? What, is, what, what, do you, what is the best exercise? So I think the short answer is any exercise is good exercise as long as it um, do not, does not cause you discomfort and uh, is not contraindicated, is not disallowed by your doctor because you have a certain medical condition. So aerobic exercise is great. Strength training is great. My opinion, uh, once you become pregnant, my personal opinion is that you shouldn't start a completely new exercise that you're not used to. You're not going to start doing rock climbing in the Grampians for obvious reasons, but (laughs) it should be something that you have dabbled in uh, before so that your body is aware of it. Um, But every woman is different. Um, What I'd say is that if you're just, say, going to the gym, doing a bit of cardio and weight training, continue to do that, but you might want to do that at at a lower impact so you might not want to get your heart rate up as much. You might not want to get uh, be lifting as heavy weights. You certainly don't want to do anything that increases your intra-abdominal pressure, which I'll explain in a sec, too much. Intra-abdominal pressure, like when you cough, what happens in your belly, your, your diaphragm is forced down very quickly and you're... <coughs> Exactly, Sorry. and you're getting a... <laughs> I was actually just doing that. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're getting a raising of the pressure in your abdomen, intra-abdominal. So if you're doing something that, that makes you hold your breath and, and force that too much, that can, if you have a weak pelvic floor, lead to certain things that most women don't want what? during or after pregnancy, like incontinence or prolapsing of things. Can it? Yeah. Um, if you're doing things too strenuously. So... So... What we're wanting, um, obviously any exercise is good. It's going to maintain your fitness, increase your mood, be good for your posture, um, get you prepared for the physical demands of pregnancy. Um, And you don't have to be fit to have a baby. You need to be well. Correct. But being healthy and and walking or swimming or light exercise in the gym, it's just so good emotionally for you, isn't it? Emotionally, you know, as we've discussed before, that's half the battle yep. when you're pregnant and after yep. having been in the right 
emotional space. Yeah. And we know that exercise in general creates a lot of those happy chemicals, the yep. serotonin, dopamine, which can be very good at reversing a lot of... Uh, you know, bad feelings yeah. and wouldn't go as far to say it can reduce, reduce postnatal depression. No. But it certainly couldn't hurt. Yes, that's right. Um, so what about uh, Pilates and, and yoga? So a lot of people will say, I'm going to a Pilates session, which is made for pregnancy, or a yoga session, which is made for pregnancy. Uh, again, are they... Um, do you feel they're safe? And also... Um, is it wise to start it in pregnancy or is it best to start before pregnancy and, I, and after too? Sure. I think as long as you've researched the person that's taking the class, there are some classes that are huge. There's a huge brand in Melbourne that runs classes that become very successful. They're the first to admit that they don't deal with injury. I won't mention them by name, yep. but they're, they're, they're in every suburb. Um, so I wouldn't be starting a very high-intensity Pilates mm. class run by someone that's done a two-week course. Yeah. If it was my body, I'd be going to a physio Pilates yes, place. absolutely. Someone who knows the changes the body goes through mm. uh, and someone who has dealt with a lot of uh, women before. Anyone can say that they have classes run specifically for pregnant women because it's such a viral group. It's exactly. And, and it's the same as childbirth education. So how do you know? Oh, sorry, well, keep you, going, Kat. Sorry, it's just it's the same as childbirth education. Um, anyone really can teach childbirth education. So you've got to actually say, so what are you, what, what's your expertise? What's your background? How many births have you been involved in? Yeah. You know, what What do you know about childbirth? So Ask um, the questions. Ask the just questions. Ask the, yeah, yeah ask just the question. look it up and the, you just ring up and say, who's taking them and what are their qualifications. Yeah. Very, very important. Yeah, and, and I think Pilates is one of those exercises that you can start if you've never done it before mm. because you probably wouldn't start with um, with mat-based Pilates, which is actually uh, quite, a, quite a bit harder than going on something like a reformer. The reformer can, can really help you. What's a reformer? A reformer is the one with the springs. Of course. Yeah, and a carriage. It goes back and forth. And oh, okay. You know the one, Kath. We yeah, use yeah, it all the, the time. Yeah, yeah, the one that I used yeah, this yeah, morning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the reformer. Sorry, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, and because that can actually make things a lot uh, easier for you mm. as a as a mum, um, and and you know qualified Pilates people know you know how to adapt things for for pregnant women. Mm. So I, th I think the key is having someone that's experienced enough to know what not to do, most importantly, yeah. and also what to do. Yeah, it's the same with yoga. Hey? Same with yoga. Yoga's um, uh, you know, if I was to choose one or the other, I'd probably go with Pilates over yoga. Um, yoga's great. It can you know obviously help with uh, breathing and and uh, help your posture, and you're doing a lot of strengthening. Obviously, it depends which type of yoga. There's yeah. like. 10, There's so if, many. You yeah, know, you yeah. wouldn't be doing Bikram, which is done in a hot room. That's a complete yeah, no no. Yeah, yeah. Because we don't want to raise the core temperature. Right. Bad yep. for baby. Yeah. Growing baby. Um, but of all the other types of yoga, most of them are excellent. My only reservation with yoga is that when mums have the relaxant pumping through their body, um, they're a lot more bendy. Yeah. And so lots of held, sustained stretches may feel great at the time, but there's a Increased chance of, of stretching things too far and, and feeling... And that's the sore pelvis. Sometimes. That could definitely be exactly. the sore pelvis. Exactly. So what do you mean stretching things too far? So you've got the relaxant and your muscles are able to stretch too far. Then what's the, what's the problem? 
So uh, it's it's more than the muscles; it's it's the ligaments. So the relaxin will affect tendons to some extent, I believe, but it affects the ligaments because the ligaments are the are the the things that hold bones together, um, and the the ligaments are usually quite quite immobile. That they, they they stop things from moving. They check movement. The relaxin will make the ligaments stretch a little more. So at the time, it might feel great. It'd be like doing yoga in a very hot room mm. where you're all warm, everything feels great, but your body's not necessarily going to tell you you've pushed things too far. Could you dislocate something? Could you? I, I wouldn't think with yoga. You'd, you'd have to be doing pretty vigorous yoga. But You could be in a lot of pain. Yeah, exactly. You, you could wake up with a lot of pain. Um uh, from but but women off pregnant women often sprain ankles a lot more easily because mm. the the relaxin affects the whole body not just mm. your pelvis yeah so you can sprain ankles very easily roll them over that's a common kind of pregnancy oh, so you need this hormone to hold the pregnancy yeah so it, it, it's necessary but it also the side effects are all the this softening so it gives you heartburn it gives you a bit of constipation it can give you con- um, hemorrhoids all these attractive very attractive things that happen to you all at once when you're pregnant. Brooke. (laughs) She's now on the floor. (laughs) It's just such a wonderful experience. It'll change your life, Ben, and it's honestly the most wonderful experience. (laughs) All right, so um, so what you're saying moderation. If you're going to do some... um, Yoga, if you're going to do Pilates, understand that you've got the relaxin and just don't push yourself. Yeah, I think you need to, number one, listen to your body. Uh, I think if, if you're feeling any um, unnatural aches and pains that you haven't before, speak to the, the person that's running the class or your doctor or physio, whoever. Um, I, I'm a big fan of cross-training. I don't think you should be doing Pilates six days a week. I think if you do a bit of cardio, a little bit of strength training, a bit of Pilates, a bit of stretching, your, your body will thank you. And water's so good. Water's water, great, yeah, because yeah. it's very, you know, low impact. Swimming. Great on the yep, joints. Yep, yep. You know, it shouldn't be done in a very, very, very hot pool, no, just a normal no. hydrotherapy yep. pool. Do you actually, sorry, this is, do you actually float better when you're pregnant? Oh, you absolutely feel fabulous. Wow. I used to swim for ages when I was pregnant. When I got out, I used to think, oh, my God. Oh, you give the, the gravity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also people are like nearly, you know, needing resuscitation because I was in speedos. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you, it was just marv- <laughs> such a marvellous feeling. Oh, that's great. It's really great. There you go. So another part that women really are concerned about and and tend not to talk to everyone, and and that's about their pelvic floor. So we hear a lot about the pelvic floor. Women are very, very distressed if they have a bit of incontinence of urine after they've had a baby and they may just have a laugh and or a cough and pass some urine at the same time. And, you know, we may sit here and say, well, that's nothing. It actually, it's it's a lot to someone um, who's had a baby. They feel very distressed about it. And it's about understanding what's happened. So the pelvic floor, Ben... Yeah, look, it's um, over the past few years, it's it's been a real focus of of uh, women's pregnancy, prenatally and postnatally, and it's not normal to have a, a lot of uh, women after pregnancy may think, oh, I cough and have a bit of a wee in my andes, and that's normal. It's actually not normal. It, mm. it shouldn't be a normal thing to occur. Mm. It, it about one in three women who have a baby wet themselves yep. a, after pregnancy. So. Mm. It's quite a lot. Mm. Um, and they don't like to talk to each other about it. No, this they, is... They may yeah. talk to, you know, you and I about it, um, which, but uh, but it's usually like, I just pass a little bit of urine when I cough. Is that normal? And then when you dig down, 
it's actually they've got incontinence. You know, yeah. they can't get to the toilet, or they, you know, they they have to wear a pad, and and it's it's distressing. Yeah, but I think women don't talk about. It. I mean, I, I'm not one to ask here, but I'm assuming women don't talk about it because they feel a bit of shame. Exactly. Yeah, um, I agree. And and for some of the women that I I treat now. Um, who have lower back pain, it's now one of my common questions. You know, uh, what was your delivery like? Yeah. Um, are you, have you experienced incontinence at all? And, yeah. and a lot of them will be like, oh, yeah, a little bit. When I cough a little, it's just I have a bit of a wee. And, yeah. Uh, and, and we kind of address that yeah. and, uh, you know, refer them to one of our women's health physios yeah. if, if, if they feel like it's a problem and it mm. needs to be addressed. Never push it. Mm. But, um, you know, it's such an important thing uh, for... Uh, for for you know women's confidence and obviously yeah. just just going forward. Just so what's the cause? One in three is it, is it the type of delivery? Is it is it? Just well, we we know that certain types of deliveries. We know that using forceps. We know that certain types of deliveries increases the chances. Of vaginal. Yeah, yeah. but in, even women who have. Uh, you know, caesareans, they can also have, you know, in, uh, issues with pelvic floor. It, it's not just um, because of what's what's happened in pregnancy because yeah. you're getting stretching of those muscles as well. They need to support the load of the baby. The, the, the pelvic floor, floor sling is supporting the baby. So There's um, a lot of pressure on the pelvic floor just having a pregnancy. Just having a pregnancy. Yeah, especially if you've got a big baby on board yeah. too. So exactly. what, do, what do you... Is there anything you can do to kind of help mitigate the the likelihood? Yeah, ab- ab- absolutely. There are there are the, the gold standard in helping with prevention of urinary incontinence, fecal incontinence, poo incontinence. And oh, is that a thing? Yep, oh, I didn't is, know that. Yeah, it's a it, it's learning. potentially a big thing, and also having prolapse of <clears throat> all the important ladies' bits. Oh wow! Yeah, that that can happen too. Mm. Um, so doing your pelvic floor exercises um, is gold standard in helping to prevent and also treat those things. Um, so. You know, one of the exercises that that we, we we teach women is when when they're sitting, to pretend like you're sitting on a silk scarf, and you're trying to clench the the bum cheeks together or bring your sit bones together, to bring that silk scarf together and up, and that's kind of trying to contract your pelvic floor. I'm, 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 I'm doing it. Are you doing it? I'm doing it. No, cats. <laughs> Cat's doing it. Cat's doing it. I'm, no, I'm I've doing had it. it explained another way. Somebody just saying it's like when you're going, um, like you know, you're going to the toilet. It's like stopping that, yeah. that stream of urine. That's you. That's that's the yeah, exercise. So, so it depends on who you ask. Mm. I've, that one is common, mm. um, but I, I that's believe that's a pretty old-fashioned one. It's yeah, not that old is fashioned, old, but it's it's been around for a long time. That is an old uh, old-fashioned one. And of that course, is stopping I went and to, starting your urine. So yeah. you stop, you start, you flow. You actually have to stop it mid-flow. You start it again. You stop it. It, yep. it can be hard. Mm. Yeah, exactly. I think there was an ad on a, on TV recently. A woman's at the at the checkout, and you see her eyes going up and to the side, <laughs> and they're asking what she's doing, and she's doing her pelvic floor exercise. Yeah, yeah. it's quite checkout. a weird feeling, you know. It's quite a it's quite a weird sensation. I always talk about doing them at the traffic lights. You know, that's the beauty of it. You can do them anywhere. Yeah, yeah, and you uh, don't even know as I'm long doing. As you don't them. try. You don't even know I'm doing. Them. And men can do them too, not just women. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. yeah Absolutely. Men have pelvic floors. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Do you have problems like women with the pelvic floor incontinence? Do I personally? <laughs> no. I- no. 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 I men in the gender. <laughs> of course. Yeah. A lot of men suffer with. Uh, chronic pelvic pain and a lot of different causes. You can have an underactive pelvic floor. You can also have an 
overactive pelvic floor and the symptoms are quite different but can be very disabling yeah. for men and women. So how, how often, Kath and, and Ben, how often do you have to do these exercises? You can do them daily. Multiple times throughout the day. Like so, if you like, like at the gym, you do a repetition of twelve, three three reps of twelve. Oh, I don't know. Is that well? You could put it in context. Yeah, yeah. It's um, you can't do too many. No, that that that's number one. You can't overdo it. It's it's really good to get into the habit of doing it every day, maybe morning and night. I mean, you know, some people go over over the top and do it you know, 100 times, three times a day. I mean, that might be too much. Um, but you start prenatal? Doing, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Mm. Yeah. And you start and you continue through pregnancy and after. And it may be harder after, especially after a vaginal birth. It's certainly harder to get that connection between your brain and your vagina to sort of, you know, pull the silk scarf up. Um <laughs> I'll never look at a silk I know, I know, right? Um, but uh, it, it just, it takes time though, doesn't it, Ben? I mean, the, the, everything has to heal. Yeah, exactly. You're much better off doing them prenatally because you can have muscle memory. Yes. You can have the connection better between the, the brain and the muscles. And uh, you, you'll just get back to being who you were a lot faster. So if someone has incontinence, um, what's the time frame to for, for recovery? Now, we're talking about mild. If someone laughs or coughs or just can't hold on to urine in the first couple of weeks after they've had a baby. Yeah, it's really an individual uh it's really an individual thing. Um, it depends, again, what the delivery was like, if there was much trauma, was there, was there an episiotomy, was there a, uh, you know, a cutting mm. um, during the birth to allow for, for baby to come out. Mm. Um, and I, I guess it comes down to how quickly your body will uh, react to the pelvic floor exercises. Mm. Um, because I don't see those women um, because it's a very it's a private fair, yes, area. Sure. So what do you do? Like if you've had a vaginal birth and you, you are incontinent, what, what do, you, do you just do the pelvic floor, that, that's it? Do you think it's best to have a rest for a couple of days after you've had the baby? Oh, yeah. I do too. Like some girls are really working hard at their, like they're worrying about their <coughs> abdominal muscles, they're worrying about their pelvic floors. I'm like, get your, get, just relax, a- Actually, the, the, the recommendation for normal exercise is nothing before six weeks, absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um, in terms of pel- pelvic floor, you could potentially start at two days, but have have a rest. You have yeah, a rest. Give yeah. yourself a bit of a rest. Like, give yourself a break, ladies. Yeah. It's just, it, you know, your body has been through pregnancy, labour and birth. So recovery is six to eight weeks, really. And, you know, it's then being checked by your obstetrician and, 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 and then, then go and do stuff. You're not going to... Nothing's going to change. It's, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think... Um, I think if, if a woman is suffering incontinence, they should definitely get a check by a woman's women's health physio, yes. women's health practitioner who's who's who has experience with that, or, or the obstetrician or GPs obviously can identify it. But a lot of women's health physios, that's all they do, mm-hmm. deal with the pelvis all day. So they're really, um, or you know, midwives or you know, anyone that's had a lot of experience no, no, with think, that. I, th- I think you're right. Uh, definitely um, a physio and um, uh, you know, an obstetrician will check, but. And then refer to a yeah, physio. Exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Because a lot of the assessment is is invasive, and um, and that is to put 
you know, f- fingers or yeah. um, a transducer inside yep. the vagina to see how you can clench onto the um, fingers. Yeah. And, and then that, that actually can see, you can feel um, with the muscle tone. Um, and then if you see someone over a period of time, then you know whether that, that's actually, and, and the same person, they, they can tell how you're improving. Proving. Mm. But if it's incontinence and, you know, you can't even hold your urine and um, it's really important to to speak to your obstetrician or see see the go to the hospital where you um, gave birth and, and have a referral because that needs to be checked. Just even emotionally, you need to talk to someone about it and and have a plan in hand, don't you? Yeah, I, I agree. Look, I'm, I'm a little critical of, um, I think, I'll, like I'll give you an example. My, my wife gave birth at one of the major hospitals and women's health physio came in day one. Was day that two. here in New York? No, in here. Well, here? We, had, we had one kid in New York, yeah. one kid here. Yeah. Um, and He did bring the other one back from New York. We did, yeah, we did. We <laughs> felt like we should have and we, we did. The parents uh, put the pressure on. Um, but uh, day one... After giving birth, my wife was kind of handed all this information, and it's the last thing she's thinking about. Mm. And she was on endone, and you know she didn't, she couldn't remember a thing. Mm. And so, if you know, especially if mums have had the the cesareans, often they're given painkillers, and mm. all of those opiates make the memory kind of you know not Hazy. so great. Mm. Yeah. So look, I think it's an important service, but often that's the only thing women get. What I know a pamphlet, places like a pamphlet or something. Yeah, in oh. France. Mm. For, for instance, um, they're kind of leading the way with um, proactive pelvic floor stuff. Women get, I forget how many sessions it is, but they get, you know, covered sessions to help with everything pelvic floor post-pregnancy um, for free. Yeah. While they smoke. Amazing. Correct. And drink yeah, and well, red wine. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Uh, they do. It's hilarious. They do. They're amazing. I, I love them. But yeah. how progressive. That's fantastic. So there's definitely, you know, there's benefit in that, I suppose. Yeah. Then, yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Oh well, the long-term data would will, will show, but there has to be. Mm. There has to be. I will ask if 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 you you know if you experience incontinence for whatever reason, maybe it was years ago, or, or for, you know, and you don't see um, uh, you seek medical help or seek professional help. What are the long-term implications? It just gets worse, I imagine. Well, yeah, I think it, it depends on the situation. There's different types of incontinence as well. Um, you can have one that's caused by increased stress if you cough, laugh. Um, and, and others sneeze. are sneeze, yep. you know, jump, mm. and others are caused by, you know, more a- anatomical, you know, things. So um, y- you can also y- you can also have the feeling that you, that you need to go when you don't really. That's a hyperactive pelvic floor, and that's a different issue. That's not having that's mm. having too much tone or too much activity in your pelvic floor, and sometimes that's treated. Um, with some obstetricians, urologists with Botox to relax the mm-hmm. muscles in, mm-hmm. in men who, can't, men or women who always want um, go to go the toilet. Go to the toilet. Mm. Well, you often see it in um, a lot of these uh, women who are doing Pilates like crazy. They think Pilates is like the be all and end all to fitness, so they're doing it 14 times a week. And these women develop overactive pelvic floors, and as a result, they can be they can be 20 year olds who. Um, uh, feeling like they constantly need to go to the toilet. So it can go the other way with an overact- overactive pelvic floor. Mm. Um, so I think it comes down to just having it assessed. Mm. A lot of the history of the patient can give you that information mm. and also um, the examination of the patient can also give you that information. And 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 having it assessed, as we've said before, by 
uh, an expert because not again, your trainer at the gym. You no, know, because if you've got if you've got um, especially if you're young, they tend to Google. Maybe then they haven't had a child and they're doing a lot of um, Pilates. They'll just think, oh, look, it, it, it's quite normal. They need to get onto it, bef- especially before they have a baby. Yeah. Well, that's been really interesting, Kath. Yep. Fantastic. And thanks, Ben. It's been amazing, amazing having you here to um, hear about uh, pelvic floor, abdominal muscles, and um, we've all, we're all doing it, pulling up right those now, silver s- silk, silk scarves. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. No worries. Thanks a lot for having me. Pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Midwife, Kath, thank you. That's a wrap. This has been Birth, Baby and Beyond with midwife Kath Curtin. Birth, Baby and Beyond is recorded in the studios of Podcast One Melbourne, Australia. Executive producer is Brooke Carrigan. Audio production by Darcy Thompson and music by Matt Nikolic. For more episodes, head to podcastone.com.au or download the Podcast One app. A Podcast One production.